Welcome to the Rise Resolute Podcast. I'm Gina Meyer. I'm a doctor of physical therapy committed to empowering every woman to live a vibrant, fulfilling, experience-seeking, and healthy life. It is such a pleasure and an honor to have Susan Donnelly on the podcast today. She is a 100-mile running expert. She Okay, listeners, she's done 144 100-mile races. What? (laughs) And she is experienced at um, helping uh, women and people learn how to get good at finishing these races because that's the hard thing. I don't know personally because I've never run 100 miles, but that is the hard thing with these races. Um, She's also an advanced feminist um, coach. She has a certification, and I'm really excited to talk about that as well. I'm going to try to talk slowly, but I'm so excited. Welcome, Susan. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, Before we rock and roll on some of the questions and get into it, I was hoping you could give the listeners just a little more background on you, Susan, a little more color to who you are and sure. what brought you to where you are today. Sure. Um, I am, uh, a lot of women are interested. I'm 60 years old. I'm still running ultra marathons. Amazing. I, um, I got into sports, thankfully, right after Title IX. That enabled me to have a running team to be on in high school and junior high. So I ran in school. Um, my High school coach told me not to bother. I hadn't even asked him. He but told me not to bother to try out for the college team. What? And I knew I knew I was not the fastest person on the team. I wasn't necessarily last, but I was fast. And it just crushed me. And I gave up running for several years. Anyway, I got back into running. And I quickly figured out that this was the one part of my life that I controlled. It wasn't my, I didn't follow my parents' rules. I didn't follow work's rules. I didn't follow school's rules. This was my playground. And I eventually got into ultra marathons. And because my talent in running was not to run fast for short distances, lo and behold, no wonder I wasn't first on the team in high school. Lo and behold, I'm really good at running 100-mile races. So wow, that's what I have excelled at. And I started running ultras just to give everybody a perspective, back in 1996. So I've been doing this for, I forget the math, over 20 years. We'll just say over 20 years. So I've got a ton of experience with all those races. I probably all told have several hundred ultra marathon finishes. I've been watching other runners all this time and myself and learning for myself. Um, And I... I started not finishing races when I, when I started, how I got into coaching, I fell in love with ultra marathons, fell in love with a hundred mile distance. And then I started not finishing races and I knew it wasn't my body. I knew it was my head. And so there was no answer to why. So I went off to find it and I got into life coaching. And so I've been doing that, you know, with the run for runners since 2011. So amazing. That's where I'm coming from. And then I added the feminist coaching certification last year because women face a lot of specific barriers in their heads. 
Yeah, so. this is so true. I can't wait to get into all of it. Um, and actually, these these questions are maybe too simple for for your amazing background and all that you'll have to say. But I'm going to try to do it justice, oh, Susan. <clears throat> okay. Um, so yeah, in 2023, we've been talking and we're getting ready to wrap up the year. I'm so glad I'm doing it with you on the podcast. We've been talking about being bold and having a good mindset. Um, and I think I want to talk about mindset first. I know there's not one sentence about mindset that's going to solve it for all of us. But what I do know also is that getting our head in the right space, like you just said, is crucial, not just in athletics and running, but in life. Um, and so I wanted to hear from you what you believe is the most important of a um, important component of a good mindset or some of your thoughts on mindset, Susan. Oh, gosh, uh, probably the most important component of mindset is knowing what you're even thinking instead of just reacting. Uh-huh. That's that's really the first step. I mean, there's a process I teach my clients about how to control their thoughts and to choose a thought that's going to help them instead of hold them back. But the very first step that a lot of people breeze over and think is very simple but is has to happen is you have to know what's even going on in your head. Yeah. Uh, so how, what would you suggest for people to kind of tap into that? Is it journaling? Is it pausing? Yep. Yeah. Um, the best thing to do is pen and paper, not computer. Computer will work. Pen and paper, sit down, give yourself a couple minutes. Five, five at the most is needed. Um, you can journal if you want to, but write down all the sentences that go in your head. Every sentence is a thought. And just, okay. just list them all out, no judgment, put them down on paper. Nobody has to see it. You just want to see what's going on in your head without, like I said, without judgment. Yeah, I love that. So is this sort of a brain dump kind of thing? See. Right. So exactly. you just, okay, got it. And so then we're putting it down and we're taking a peek at it. And then, <laughs> and then what's the next step after that, Susan? The next step is deciding if it's, if it's a thought you want to keep. And there's probably a mess of stuff in there. And like, don't be like, we all have stuff that is kind of cringeworthy or we don't like in our heads. Um, But if you're willing to look at it, you can change it. And so the first step is deciding on that list, what is really holding you back the most? What's the one causing you the most problem? Um, And do you, are you willing to change it? Do you, are you willing to give it up? And one other one other foundational thing is to realize that you are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are optional. Yeah, I sometimes forget that one. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I really like this piece about are you willing to change it? I mean, mm-hmm. I know it's a cliche because I'm a quote junkie, but um, <laughs> I always say, you know, old ways won't open new doors. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're just going through the motions in our life, you know, and that's really what this podcast is about, thinking more deeply about the struggles we face and our connections to each other and the meaning of all of this. And, you know, and really trying to use that to uh, live more fully and vibrantly. Um, So I just I love that. And I anyone out there listening, wow, some really good tools right off the bat um, to to really look at what's going on in your brain and help shift your mindset. Um, so thank you. Um, okay, next question. Uh, we've been talking about boldness um, in 2023 mm-hmm. as well and what it means to be bold um, and then how we can grow and develop our boldness. Susan, do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, gosh, I love this word. It was my word for the year a couple, several years ago. 
Nice. And it really, uh, it was a very bold year. Um, and I think like choose it. So talking about mindset also, if you're going to choose a thought, choose a thought that makes you feel emboldened. Yeah. Instead of like one that makes you feel small and insecure and like, ooh, who are you to do this? You may choose a thought that makes you feel emboldened. And that gets you the results that come from being a bold person. That's one way to become more bold, to think bold thoughts. Yeah. It sounds simple. Um, and it's very accessible. You just have to be willing to do it. I love it. So as an ultra runner, give me an mm-hmm. example of a bold thought that you might, you know, tell yourself or put on your brain. Oh, okay. Here's one. Let's say I am in a hundred mile race and this happened to me this year. I'm in a hundred mile race. I come into the last aid station of, I don't know, maybe 10 aid stations. It's mile 95 out of a hundred. So I'm close to the finish and I only have, we have a cutoff time. You have to, you are going to get pulled off the course if you're behind cutoff. And I was only four minutes ahead of cutoff Oof. when I came into that aid station with five, with seven, actually seven miles to go. So I had four minute cushion, which is can disappear in a heartbeat on cutoff with seven miles to go. And thankfully I knew what was ahead. The, the, the hardest part of the course was ahead of me. And I've been on the course before I know the course, but I had to tell myself this is possible. It, there's, I could quit right now and think, oh, no, there's just no way this is going to happen and save myself the, the extra miles and the stress and all of that. Or I can gamble on myself, which is very bold. And that's what I chose to do and head out and give it my absolute best. Instead of believing I'm not going to make it, give it my absolute best. And I did it. Wow. I mean, incredible stuff and just so applicable, not only to running, but to life, just to tell ourselves whatever it is, whatever, if you're out there right now and you're facing a struggle or difficult situation in your life, you know, try this on. This is possible. You can do this, you know, take a gamble on yourself. Absolutely. I love doing that. And, And like, it's, it's a moment where you have to think about like, what, what in that moment of decision where you're trying to decide if you're going to gamble on yourself, like what would I gain and what would I lose if I didn't? Yeah. What would I gain if I did? And what would I lose if I didn't gamble on myself? And you know how bad that can feel to like think, oh, you know, I'm not, I shouldn't, you know, I just won't make it. I'm not going to gamble on myself. It's not worth it. Um, but it feels so good. Even if I didn't finish, it would have felt better to gamble on myself and go for it and give myself the chance than it would have just to give up. Yeah. 
Yes, I love it. You know, one thing that I ask myself a lot, and you know, you could tell me if it's good or bad, but um, sometimes I think, what's the worst that can happen if I try? You know, what is the worst yeah. that can happen? Sometimes yeah. I learn the worst, like I fracture my leg, but <laughs> for the most part, um, and it's an effective tool yeah. because a lot of times yeah. the worst that can happen just isn't that bad, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. What's the worst that can happen on either side of that equation if I go and if I don't go? Right. Try them, try them both on. Yeah. And yeah, that, that sentence you just said is a thought that you can practice in your head. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Nothing. Yeah. I love it. Um, you know, another thing that I like to focus on too, is just how, um, empowering our connections to one another can be Mm -hmm. and how they shape us and propel us forward. Do you want to speak to that a little bit for me? The way that, um, connection can, can propel us onward. Oh, yeah. In in ultra marathons, um, it is very, especially 100 mile races, the longer ones, um, the longer distances, it is so much a shared experience. Everybody is, we're not so much trying to compete against each other. We're really not. I mean, there, there is some of that in people's heads, um, because we're human but we're not trying to compete with each other. We're all trying to finish. We're all trying to do the same thing and we're all trying to do it together. So there's that connection and just helping each other, especially in those later miles when everybody knows everybody is struggling and having difficulties, helping each other finish is just something that people runners tend to do because it's such a shared experience. And so that's one aspect of connection that immediately jumps to mind like helping your fellow runner like keep them on on the trail keep them pointed in the right direction asking them if they need anything giving them encouragement all of that and then another thing is that i'm 60 and i tend to a lot of women get into ultra running after the kids leave the house like in their 50s and it's just amazing how many runners, how many women runners I coach and talk to who are connected with like age, like we're all starting this later in, they're starting this later in life and swapping stories. What works? You know, how do you deal with all the body changes that happen later in life and how does that affect running? And just, you know, sharing that common bond of, Hey, we're all going through, menopause and things like that and how does that affect running and um also a very shared experience yeah those are two examples that jump straight to mind yeah i love it and we're i mean i think we're really here to to lift each other up and you know to to make Mm -hmm. the journey together i love the examples um for ultra running but i think also you know (laughs) these people in our lives, if we have someone beside us, like you said, who can keep us pointed um, in the right direction, keep us on the trail Mm -hmm. for running and for life, it's just so powerful. And we have to remember that we have the opportunity to do that for others too. It's such a gift, but we have to sometimes look for it and remember that, you know, sometimes we get all in our head about what's going on in our lives and we forget we have this beautiful opportunity to keep Mm -hmm. others pointed in the right direction as well. I love it. I really love it. Um, you talked a little bit about how, I mean, obviously there, it is diff, it's a, such a struggle to complete a hundred mile race. Um, and 
I know that you can speak to that. I like to t- hear from my guests about how you develop strength through struggle. If you'd like to, to talk about the 100-mile race and you know how that helps you develop that inner strength, great. Or if you want to talk about something else from life, a struggle that you feel like has helped you to grow and, and deepen your strength, I would love that, Susan. I think, like I share with my early story, I think just getting to ultra marathons and falling in love with them um, made me want to stay and to fight for figuring out the mindset part that was making it difficult for me to finish races. I knew physically I was capable of finishing those races, the mental part, and nobody was talking about it. People would just kind of quit the sport when they thought they couldn't do it anymore and or get this, you know, just get discouraged and drop. And I was not willing to settle for that answer. I there had to be a solution. I loved 100 mile races. I wanted to continue forever and I was going to find that solution. So that has taken me. Like I said, I finally found life coaching in 2011. This is 2023. So that's been a while. And I've been learning all this time that and just kind of blazing my own path because there there hasn't been anything much of a discussion at all about that until like fairly recently, the last several years. So that's one struggle that's definitely been worthwhile as far as like the race struggle. Like I, because this, as I said, is my playground, this is my chance to show up for me and to see what I am capable of. And that's why a lot of ultra runners, especially women, are in this sport to see what we're capable of. And that means that you have to push through. If you want to see what you're capable of, truly, you have to push through physical discomfort. You have to learn to not just take those negative thoughts that that voice in your head is telling you about, you can't finish, why are you out here, you're not a real ultra runner, you're too slow, all of that stuff. You have to be willing to not listen to that and to push back on that. And that is almost harder because it's you can't see it, you can't power up that hill. It's almost harder because you can't, it's just not tangible but that's a real challenge that you have to push through to really do well at ultra marathon. So it's the physical side of like training your body and being willing to have a relationship with discomfort and pain. And then on the mental side, be willing to push back and think what you choose to think instead of those negative thoughts that that voice in your head is telling you. Yeah, I really like this idea of having a relationship with discomfort and pain. Um, I, I really mm. haven't talked about it very much on the podcast. And I do feel like it's such an important skill, um, you know, both in running and life. And I love that you that you talk about, you know, how we have to kind of work on that relationship. Um, I, I also love how you talked about the fact that you were not willing to settle. Um, you wanted to stay in this in in um, hundred mile races. You weren't willing to settle. You were going to find a way. I know that women have specific struggles around this, um, mm-hmm. and I wondered if you would want to share a little bit about that in terms of, you know, the things that maybe you work on or you see a lot um, with your feminist coaching. Um, I would love to hear some of that, Susan. Oh gosh, that's that is such is so fascinating. It answers so the feminist stuff answers so many questions I've had and I've 
things I've seen in the sport. So we as women, the way I see it from a big picture view, we as women are, we have like an extra challenge, an extra thing layer that we have to push through because we've been socially conditioned in ways that men have not. We've been socially conditioned to not be selfish, to take care of others, to give up what we want, to make sure everybody else is taken care care of first, to think our worth rests on what we achieve and how others think of us to um, just all kinds of things. We aren't, we can't spend money on ourselves because that's selfish. So, you know, spending money on races, spending time training for races, that's challenging. Um, We have a lot of thoughts that add up to imposter syndrome. Your, Your viewer, your listeners probably know that term. Um, because we're, we're kind of kept off balance as, you know, you have to be beautiful, but not too beautiful. You have to be assertive, but not too assertive. You have to be successful, but not too successful. You know, you have all these double, these double measures that you're trying to meet and it's just a no win for women. So we end up with the imposter syndrome. Are we successful or are we not? Can we believe we can do this? I don't know. So we're constantly kind of off balance and questioning ourselves. So that all of that is a layer of brain stuff that guys don't have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, this is just exactly, you know, the thing that I, I try to get at through the podcast and through the women out there that are listening is to break through the social conditioning and yes. just realize the beauty that exists within you and that you do not mm-hmm. have to define yourself by any, you know, anyone, what anyone else thinks of you. Um, and I just, I love it all, Susan. And thank you for sharing. Um, if you were going to give a tip for listeners mm-hmm. on, you know, something that they could work on to break out of this social conditioning, is there, is there a tip or a couple tips that you would share? Oh, gosh, let's see. Probably the first thing I would do is look at that thought list that we talked about earlier and look at how some of that may be. Where did that come from? Did you choose those thoughts? Did your parents teach you those thoughts? Did you pick them up from society or other people just kind of in general? Where did those thoughts come from, especially the ones that are holding you back? And... What the ones that like um, you deal with that you know came from like social conditioning, decide if you want to keep it or you want to think something different. Yeah. Like, like here's one that I grew up with, for example, um, and I got coached on by my coach today because I like getting coached on this when it pops up a lot, is I was raised with the expectation that I would not – I'm the firstborn daughter, but I would not amount to anything. And it's like, did my parents teach me that? Well, not really outright. Where did I pick that up? I didn't decide to think that for for sure. It doesn't feel good. And so I get to decide and I get to play around with different ways of thinking about like, you know, how have I already amounted to something in the world? How have, how am I, making an impression in the world? How am I helping people? How am I making a difference? How is my presence here 
making the world a better place, that type of thing. So I get to play around with different ways of looking at it. So that's the general process. Spot those, look at your thought list, look at where those thoughts came from. Did you choose those? If not, you know, you can choose something different. Yes. Uh, I love it. And, you know, I think if we just tell ourselves, we get to decide, I get to decide. Um, mm-hmm. It's my decision. Absolutely. My decision, Absolutely. what thoughts I put in my head, what I do in a day, how I think of mm-hmm. myself, um, you know, all of those things. It's And it's never too late to make a new decision either, you know, to decide right. we're going to go never. a different direction. We're, we're, we're not going to cling to these things anymore. We're letting them go. Um, I love it. Um, as we move towards wrapping up, Susan, um, I, w- I want to give you number one the opportunity to let people know how they can find you. I know that you're life coach and a and a hundred mile yeah. expert, and then also just um, any other words of encouragement that you'd like to put out there for our listeners. We can do both oh those my things. Gosh. Now. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> simple, easy, does hour. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they can first of all to answer the first question, they can reach me. I'm I'm most active. I'm on Facebook, but I'm most active on Instagram. I really enjoy Instagram. I try and keep my platforms to a minimum. So I keep my focus constrained down and not don't scatter myself here, there and everywhere. Um, And so I'm on Instagram, Susan, I middle initial I like Italy, Donnelly, D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y, all one word. Um, And what was the second part of your question? Oh, words of just general open words of wisdom. One of the yeah. one of the biggest things I see that holds women back, and this is one of those social conditioning things, is thinking you have to be perfect and being afraid to fail and wanting to be the good student and knocking yourself out to be perfect and meet everybody's expectations. And that chews up so much of your energy for no reason. Decide what decide if you need to be perfect and realize that nobody else, like nobody else standing at the starting line, no one is going to have a perfect race. Nobody. Something is going to go wrong in a hundred miles for everybody. Something is going to go not as not as expected. And holding yourself to that standard is unfair to you. It, it keeps you stressed and, it makes you worry and it makes you do a lot of extra work, overwork, overtraining, over over functioning that you don't have to do that would be better put toward going for your goal. So especially watch out for that perfectionist, um, not willing to fail, not willing to risk being seen failing in front of other people. Um, go ahead and be human. Right. None of us are perfect. None of us. We all fail. That's how we learn. I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't have problems, if I didn't have DNFs in races, not finish races and things like that. So be willing to learn, be a human, give yourself the permission and make it safe for yourself to be imperfect in your head. That's where the safety comes from in how you treat yourself when you're imperfect make that safe for yourself. I'm smiling ear to ear. That is perfect. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) as we're talking about, you know, not giving yourself permission to be imperfect. Those words Mm -hmm. are perfect for my listeners. Um, I love that you say if we fail, that's how we learn. Um, So anyone out there today, 
let yourself off the hook um, and and let go of perfectionism because it's no fun. I, I did that in my in my teens yeah. and it's no fun. It's much more fun to, you know, to, to give yourself room to fail and try again and be imperfect yeah. and share that imperfection with others. Be authentic, um, yeah. you know, and that share That is it. bold. Yeah, that actually is bold. Yeah. Um, well, it has been such a pleasure. I am so grateful that we were able to learn from you today and, um, you know, gather some of this insight, Susan. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a delight. Absolutely. And thank you, listeners, for coming on this ride. There are so many takeaways. I have to process them at all. But I'm going to end with this little nugget that Susan gave us. Um, Look at yourself in the mirror today and tell yourself this is possible. Whatever it is that's on your heart, this is possible. We believe in you. Let's lift each other up. Connected. We can rise.